indeed, God is love. So very thankful, so very thankful to see all of you here. Uh, hope you'll stay afterwards for our Chat and Chew Fellowship. Uh, there is a puppet show, our kids work real hard on that. Uh, so very proud of them, get a glimpse of that if you can, it'll be over in the old fellowship hall later, uh, and then we'll have some good fellowship down below us in the new fellowship hall, we hope you'll stay for that. I spoke this morning about the, atten- uh, the importance of attendance, and why more people don't go to church. This is of course deals with those who are outside of our walls, and don't, don't come to any church on a regular basis. Well, what about those who are already here? You come here because you believe it to be important. You continue to come here because you continue to get something out of the experience through the classes, through the socializing, through the preaching, I hope. But what else keeps you here? And what can make your bond with Christ stronger? And what can you do for others as you work to encourage people to make sure, yeah, you know, they want to come back because you want to come here. And because you make this place what it is, what can we do now to help help, uh, make that bigger, make that stronger, so that there is a synergy of sorts that people leave, and man, they can't wait to come back tonight. And then they, they leave tonight, and they can't wait to come back on Wednesday. I've heard some people complain, well, that the church isn't a social club. But the more I learn about church work, the more that I see that it is the social aspect that our world so desperately needs. I talked some today about the attendance portion of Scripture and about what it teaches. Certainly, socializing was important to the New Testament church, and we're going to see some of that today. Our world needs good people. We oftentimes complain about how bad the world is, but we can't change a lot of what we see on the Internet, of what we see on television, but what we can do is be the best we can be for one person, one day at a time. And the way we do this, the best way to do this, is to show other people love. What is love exactly? We oftentimes think of it as a feeling, and it is, but for the most part, it's a choice. You might not like everyone here, but you can love them, because because love is a choice. Love, as 1 Corinthians 13 outlines, is a select group of behaviors, things that you must do, things that you show, that you exemplify to others, and that shows that you love them. Patient, kind, not jealous, does not brag, does not act unbecomingly. We'll be looking at 1 Corinthians 13 throughout the evening. And all of these are things that you choose to do, even if you don't really feel like it. Your feelings, which can oftentimes be misleading, tell you to do something very different towards the person you don't like. Even the person you don't like within this building. Even the person you might be sitting on the same pew as. Well, guess what? I feel quite confident that we have often acted in ways that could hinder God from having positive feelings towards us not liking us very well. We crucified his son, after all. And yet he has always loved us. He chose to love us. He has made that commitment. Love does the most for what others need the most. And this is Jesus. 
And we need to remember that. Love does the most for what others need the most. Sometimes you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to act. But one of the things you can always do, you can always be kind, which 1 Corinthians 13 says shows love. We have been commanded to love each other with the same love Jesus has for us. John chapter 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you. The, the people of the day, the Jews, knew the commandments. They knew the Ten Commandments. They knew the law of Moses. But Jesus tells them, I give a new commandment to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is what separates Jesus' disciples from the disciples of, of other groups, of other, of other religious bodies. Jesus said, you know what, if you go above and beyond and love your fellow man, love your neighbor, people will know that you are my disciples. Why? Because love is very, very difficult. Very difficult sometimes. So how do we love? How do we love to the degree that Jesus has commanded us? There are no more crosses to die on. Jesus did that, it has been done, and it was accomplished by the only person who was qualified and innocent enough so that it mattered. But there are still sacrifices we can make. Consider some of the following things that Christian brothers and sisters can do in order to display love for each other. The first thing we can do to show love within this building on a regular basis, on Facebook, on Instagram, is to stop judging other people. By judgment, I mean the kind of judgment that is warned about in Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Be careful how you judge other people. Because a lot of times, we will look at someone, pass judgment on them, and forget about the sin in our own life. See, if we're talking about the sin of other people, quite often, that diverts the attention from us. And we're looking at somebody else. Makes us feel better about our own sin. Well, we do not have the authority, of course, to condemn someone. And we need to be more patient with young Christians who are quite oftentimes still learning about what it means to follow Christ. Quite often they're doing the very best they can. You see, when we judge other people as not being, quote, Christian enough, we sometimes are inferring or are, are putting on a meaning that they do not belong here. Why would they want to be here if those who are supposed to love them have simply already passed judgment? Luke 5, 31 and 32, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Brother Allen Talked about this this morning in our Bible class downstairs. It's one of my favorite passages. It has such a modern-day application to the Christian of today. Because as we work and endeavor to be more and more Christ-like, there is a danger to elevate our own selves, to elevate our own piety, our own godliness. And what does that do? That causes us to look down on some people, unfortunately. Well, there are going to be some sick people coming in here. I hope on a more regular basis. I hope God will bless us with that. 
more sick people. And you know what you have to do with sick people? You have to be patient with them. You have to be kind to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 says this. Verse 7 says, Love believes all things and hopes all things. So if a sick person is coming in here, you better believe and you better hope that the sick will start to get well. That the sick will no longer see the chains that they carry, but rather they will see the freedom that is brought to them through Christ because of the love you showed them. Not because of the judgment that you placed upon them reserved for the passage of Matthew chapter 25, the example we have there. Certainly we need to reach people with how God wants them to live. And we need to look for ways to do what God has commanded without being ugly towards others who may make different choices than we do. For we all have spiritual weaknesses. And while our sin might not be as visible as some people, one sin that many of us may have, even now, is that we are not loving as Jesus has loved us. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6, please. If the time comes for discipline, and if the time comes for us to reprimand someone, may we do it as Paul illustrates to the Galatian church in chapter 6. Sometimes reprimanding is our first action. Whether you're looking at your child or a fellow relative or someone in this building, sometimes reprimanding is often our first action. And that can oftentimes lead you down a wrong path in trying to reach them. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Not like a bull in a china shop. Not trying to embarrass someone. Not trying to drive so much guilt into the person's heart that they really question whether or not you're doing it out of love. But restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Watch for yourself, he says. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. If there's somebody who has a sin that is evident, if they are sick, when they come in this building, and you can see it, and they are sick and just overridden with sin, if you can see that, one of the things we must do is help them with that burden. Help them see that freedom is in Christ. Help them see they don't have to live in that sin any longer. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. A lot of times... We place a judgment on someone thinking that's going to turn them around. One of the things we have to do is let God work on that person. And one of the ways he can do that is by working through you when you show that sick person love rather than judgment. The next thing we must do if we are to love each other in a practical way, forgive soon and forgive often. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. So forgive soon and forgive often. If I am to get along in this world, I need to forgive. Jesus forgave others when he was hanging on a cross. I can forgive people who don't know how to drive in this town. 
but there's plenty of them. You spend any time in a parking lot, they're going to cut you off. We've got too many people moving here from California. I really think that's what it is. But I can forgive that person who cuts me off, and it's sometimes hard. And that's a silly example, but it's a true example, though, isn't it? When we get angry about things that are rather frivolous, I wonder what happens whenever there's something that's really, you know, gets in your craw. So if I can forgive, you can forgive people in this building that may rub you the wrong way. People have bad days. Let's give them a rain check. Let's have a do-over if we can. Agree and get over misunderstandings and hurt feelings as soon as possible because that's an awful, awful burden to bear. The desire to want to get along and a willingness to forgive others expresses that you value a relationship and that, has, and that someone has chosen to be here. And you want them to be here, so if you guys have a conflict or something, forgive that person. Forgive them soon, forgive them often. It's a much easier way to live. And isn't it crazy how people are supposed to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, and we are oftentimes offended so quickly? It happens within churches, of course. Well, this is why forgiveness is a choice. Well, I don't feel like it. I know you don't feel like it. Say that. Forgiveness is a choice. For if you let your feelings control you, forgiveness may never come. Because bitterness and hatred fester. They feed off of one another. And oftentimes when that is happening, you feel justified in your feelings. Well, of course I feel this way. Why should I forgive that person? I don't want to. I don't want to forgive them. You feel justified because those bad feelings are spinning, are spinning inside of you. And I've often heard sin illustrated as a, as a star, six, seven, however many pointed star, and it spins in the heart. As sin is activated, it spins in the heart and it grows and it grows. And what does it do? It wears down those points. And pretty soon it's just a circle that's right at home in your heart. You've got to let that stuff go. Forgive soon and forgive often. Ephesians 4 and verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. You've got to decide that you're going to forgive that person. They may never come to you and ask for forgiveness, and that's all right. Forgiveness is more for you, really, than it is for them, because it will help you be a better, more effective Christian, one who can really show other people love. And that, that's one of the things, one of the reasons behind forgiveness, and the thrust of the lesson is that you are showing this person you love them. And you do that by forgiving them, whether they forgive you if necessary or not. The next thing we must do if we're to love each other is to communicate. And primarily this means listen. Too often we think communicating means talking. But if you ask anyone who they feel close to or who they trust or who they are willing to go speak to, they will say, it is the person who listens. Listening is an art. Listening is something that many people need to work on because when you listen, you are showing that person, I think you're important right now. I think you're valuable. The phone goes down, the phone goes away completely. Right, And then you're showing that person, I want to know what you have going on in your life because I believe you are important. And that's how you communicate love. When we listen, we will understand what people need and we will be more qualified to assist them. No real communication is guaranteed when it's just two people talking. So You've got to learn how to listen. 
When you do that, that shows people you care. James 1, 19 and 20. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. When you're communicating, even about simple things, a lot of times people will get angry. I don't think it's a mistake that Brother James put anger here after slow to speak. Because when you're communicating, even about something small, and you're not listening, and the other person doesn't feel as though they've been heard, then anger starts to build up. Because they don't feel like that you're listening. And that harms them. It harms them in a small way, but that adds up, and it certainly doesn't communicate love. So be quick to hear and slow to speak. I know a lot of y'all love to talk just like I do, and talking's a great thing. It's a great pastime. Great thing to do. I love engaging in good conversation. But listening oftentimes does not get the importance placed on it that it should. That is something we all must do more often. Proverbs 18, 13, He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. That's one of the reasons a lot of people, teenagers, children included, don't talk more to adults, more to their parents, is because that person's already got the answer. You've not listened. I've not told you the entire story. So a lot of times the person, you effectively, parents, you effectively teach your child not to listen to you. Because you've already interrupted them, you've already got an answer, and they haven't told you everything. So you're training that person, child, that spouse to not talk to you because you are already ready to give an answer before you've heard anything at all. So be a good listener. And that will show others that you love them. When you listen to others, you are thinking of that person and not of yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 says, Love is not arrogant. So love listens. Love listens because what you have to say is important, and you're important, so I want to know what that's all about. Next, we must give of our time. We have a lot of free time these days. I know you probably don't think that. But our daily screen time alone says we're lying. In the 21st century, cell phones have almost eliminated the quality time people could be spending together. So we must sit with people, eat lunch with people, and go to events with them, and do small favors for people, pray with people, live out your life with people. Time is... Really, the only thing you have, and when you give it to someone else, it means so much. A lot of spouses I talk to, mine included, say what they want is more time, more time with you, because that clock just keeps on ticking away. So if someone downstairs this evening wants to talk, wants you to listen, giving of your time just compounds the fact that you are communicating to them I love you, and I think that you're important. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says that love bears all things, and it endures all things. When we give our time, we ensure that we are available for both of these things happen. Helping someone bearing their burden and enduring right along with them. And what does that take of you? That takes sacrifice. That takes your time. When you give your time, you are communicating love to someone else. The next thing we have to do, the final thing for this evening, 
in order to communicate love to each other within this building is we need to share. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2, 43 to 45. All of you remember or are experiencing it even now, teaching your children to share. My great-niece and my two great-nephews, my sister keeps them uh, every day, great children, but they're pretty close to age, to the same age, and they have a pretty hard time sharing with each other sometimes, so my niece and nephew and their spouses, they're, they're trying to teach them that you share. That's one of the things we learned a long time ago, is you're supposed to share with other people. And what does that do? That tells you that you're not the most important person in the room, that somebody else has value as well. And so when we share, what are we doing? We are communicating love. Acts chapter 2 and verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. Now this isn't a direct command for all of us to go home and share what we have. Whenever you look at what was going on at the time, the people who had traveled to Jerusalem for Pentecost were displaced from their homes. They were, they were away, they were traveling. And now they had a new Savior, they had a new group of people that they probably wanted to spend more time with, with their fellow Christians. And this, needed, this meant that many of them needed a fresh start. They needed a place to go. Maybe they said, well, we're just going to settle here in Jerusalem. We've heard about Christ. We've heard about now what we must do. He is the Messiah who has come, and now we want to start living with him. And so what did the people do? They sold what they had so that they might help these new Christians along with themselves. For people who lived in the local area had resources, and they helped their new Christian brothers and sisters with what they needed. So one of the best ways to be more spiritual is to view your possessions as temporal because that's what they are. Open your home with hospitality. Give and share with those who have less. Be free with all of your material blessings and see them as a means to your opportunity to exhibit expressions of love. Do not ever cling to anything that is passing away. You're not going to have it. You're not going to take it with you. Part of the Jedi Code, if I might refer to Star Wars, is you can't have any material possessions. It makes them better Jedi. Being a Christian, not clinging to earthly things because our home is not here, makes us better Christians because we're not placing value in material things, we're placing value, more value in spiritual things. And Paul writes to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, he says that love does not act unbecomingly, and it does not seek its own. Love is not selfish. That's mine. You can't have it. I know you need it. I know sharing something with you, blessing you somehow, would show love, but that's mine. And I'm keeping it. Rather unbecomingly, isn't it? It is for a two-year-old. My sister's trying to get him to share. She's doing the very best she can. Well, God is still trying to get some of us to share more. Maybe we need to. Maybe you need to. Share what you have with other people and communicate love to them. 
Let's look at Philippians chapter 1, please. Philippians chapter 1. Does your love need to grow for someone or for a group of people here? This morning we talked about the world outside. Well, we need to talk tonight, and we have, with each other. And about how love is transpiring or maybe not transpiring throughout this building. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Paul wanted the Philippian church for their love to abound. Not just, eh, can you be okay with love? Can you share a little bit more? He wants their love to abound. He wants people to talk about it. So that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. So showing love for other people in the manners that I have discussed this evening, showing love for other people can put you before Christ in a blameless way, in a sincere way, because you want to do what's asked of you. You want to do what God has commanded of you, and that is to love others. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. May we all work to love the world at large, to show others outside of this building that we love them and that we want them to find a home here in order to be added to the body of Christ. And while we are here in this building, may we bypass the feelings that we have that are negative. May we push those aside, the feelings that engage us and, and tell us to do something that goes against Christ. May we push that all aside and go for love as the default, whatever that might look like. So hopefully you've thought some about this this evening and know that there is someone here that you need to love a little bit more. And I pray that you'll change that. And maybe the person you need to love a little bit more is Christ. And one of the ways you can show Him love is by giving your life to Him, by becoming a Christian, and by putting on Christ in a watery grave of baptism. Or if you've strayed away and you, you know that you're not the loving person you need to be, come forward and let us pray that that might change this evening. Why don't you come now as we stand and sing. Just as I...